Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. Well, praise the Lord, and we're certainly glad to be here today. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Pastor Stephen Furr. Uh, one of the great uh, pastors of this great church, and uh, we're glad to be with you this morning, uh, wherever this uh, this service is reaching you. You know, I, I sometimes I enjoy sitting at, sitting at home uh, in my favorite PJs, listening to the word of the Lord, and uh, you know, so it is different, but it is great, and we are certainly glad to be here today. And uh, as you know, we've been in a series, and uh, today I'm going to continue that series. Our topic is uh, re- reconciliation. And uh, my sermon today deals with peace through reconciliation, peace through reconciliation. We've been drinking deeply, not only into the truths of uh, reconciliation, but our calling as a ministry to be a place of reconciliation. We want to be a ministry where people uh, who may have been divided by uh, politics or divided by race or divided by whatever uh, can find peace with one another. We're going to see through the scriptures that not only did Christ uh, give us peace uh, with the Father, that uh, the foundation has been laid for us to have peace with one another. And so we're going to t- journey through these truths today. First, uh, by way of um, definition, what is reconciliation? Uh, we use the term in different ways in our culture today, but in the scriptures, reconciliation uh, means to change from enmity, which is hostility, to peace. It's literally a change of position. Uh, when we study the Bible, we see that uh, man was at enmity with God. God never left man. If we go back to Genesis, uh, in, in so many words, Adam and Eve called God a liar. Uh, so man changed his position with God. And so God loving us uh, made a way for us to come back into alignment with him. It's a work of love, mercy, and grace. So reconciliation means to change from in, enmity uh, to peace. As we go through these, uh, I'm going to share with you four uh, different um, aspects of reconciliation. All of them result in peace, okay? So peace is what we're looking for. As we go through some of these scriptures, this is going to be kind of sort of like a, a Bible lesson, kind of old school Bible lesson we used to get on Sunday night. But I think we're living in a day where we really need to get back to the word of the Lord. Is that all right? Uh, get back to really studying in the scriptures. For in the scriptures, we find the truth that we need to live by. Reconciliation always brings peace. Now, this is one of those types of teachings that it's easy for me to start chasing rabbits. Anybody know what chasing a rabbit is when you preach? When you start speaking, certain things pop through your head, and you chase the rabbit for a while, and then you try to get back on point. So I'm going I'm to fix that uh, by giving you what the message is directly, and then see how well I do at explaining what I'm trying to say. How's that? So, so the message is this. We have been reconciled to God through a transaction that took place when Jesus Christ died in our place at Calvary. 
His sacrifice made a way for all people to become spirit-born children of God. The work of reconciliation also laid the foundation for reconciliation between each other as we are made one in Christ. Every child of God has been entrusted with the message and has been anointed to share the message of reconciliation with the world. So that is the message. So you can't say, I don't understand what Pastor Steve was saying. There is the message. We, there is the message. You can, I'll give you a few moments to write it down. There's the message. Okay. So, uh, so there's four aspects of reconciliation that I want to talk about today. Okay. Uh, first, let's look at reconciliation as a transaction. And, and I, when you get into the Greek of this and really study it, there, there's a lot of legal terms that are, that's used in the original Greek as it relates to our reconciliation. So the best way for us to understand it as a transaction, the transaction, the work of reconciliation was a transaction between Jesus Christ and God the Father. It's a transaction. So think about when you go to the bank or go to the store, and, uh, and this is a really simple picture of reconciliation. So you buy a candy bar for 50 cents, I'll show you how old I am, candy bars no longer cost 50 cents. But let's say you're going to buy, I remember when Snickers were 20 cents. I remember when Snickers were, see how old you are? Remember when Snickers were 20 cents? The kids are going, no. Yeah. So, so, so you, you go to the store, right? And the Snicker bar is 50 cents now. So you have what you want. You give the guy a dollar. Okay. So if it's 50 cents and you have the Snicker bar, what does he give you back? 50 cents. See, everything is equal. I got what I wanted. He got what he wanted. Everything is equal. So in a, in a sense of reconciliation, it's a transaction. When Christ gave himself for us, when he gave himself for us, whatever was out of alignment between man and God was brought back into alignment. That's something he did for us. If, for those who are Bible students, it, the, the easier way to look at it is look at Jesus as the second Adam. So the first Adam fumbled the ball. You know, I'm a football player, right? The second Adam picked it up and ran in for a touchdown. You get it? So the first Adam blew it. Adam blew it. Jesus fixed it. Adam uh, took us out of alignment with God. Jesus brought us back into alignment with God. And so a lot of people say, well, I just don't believe that. Listen, look at it this way. I think that's fair. If I'm a sinner by birth based on what Adam did, the first Adam, then it seems to be fair that we become righteous, declared righteous by what the second Adam did. I didn't do anything personally become a sinner. I was born in sin, right? I didn't do anything personally become, to, to become in, come into righteousness with God. The second Adam done that for me. So, so look at it as a transaction. The work of reconciliation was a transaction. The scripture tells us in Colossians chapter 1, verse 19, for in him, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell through him. Now listen to the, to the transaction through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace, there's the peace, by the blood of his cross. And you and I, you and I, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he hath now reconciled. How? In the body of flesh by his death, in order to present you and I holy and blameless and above reproach before him. The transaction was between the Father and the Son for us. Say, thank you, Jesus. 
say, thank you, Jesus. There you go. So, so, so that's why we praise God so much, because we know that we were, we were alienated from God, and through Christ, we are brought back into relationship. So the second aspect, the first aspect is transaction. So look at the transaction as the foundation. The transaction is the foundation upon which these other aspects we will see. So because of the transaction, transformation, which is the next aspect, is possible for everyone. Because of what Christ has done, anybody, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, God does not look at us and God does not look at us through our identifiers, because that's the language we use now. I identify as. I identify as. That's fine. You can identify. It's whatever you want to identify as. But God does not see you through your identifiers. We're saying that for other people. We're saying that for earth people. So, they, so we want them to relate to us a certain way, and that's fair. But God sees us really only one way. At one point, we were sinners. He saw us in our sins. But through Christ, he doesn't see you that way, nor does he relate to you that way according to your sin. Because the wages of sin is death. If he was relating to us that way, we'd walk around in condemnation all the time. But because of what Christ has done for us, it made transformation of the human soul and spirit possible for whoever would call on the name of the Lord. All God's ever required is us to believe. Funny thing about religion Religion, you never get there. You're always going somewhere. You know, you, know, you can never be, I come from the holiness church. Man, that's a, okay, I won't go into that, but I come from the holiness church. And in the holy church, you can never be holy enough. It's like we try to out-holy each other. I'm holier than you, brother. I talk in tongues. I talk in tongues daily. Well, I talk in tongues all the time. Okay, now you're holier than me. You know, and you never get there. You're always striving to get there. See, you know, well, I was baptized. I was baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Well, I, well, I, well see, you didn't get it the right way. You know, you, you need to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You're going to be baptized the right way, brother. You got to get it the right way. Well, I come the water way, brother. See, y'all don't, some of y'all don't know anything about this stuff. I come the water way, brother. I'm so glad for that water way. I'm not beating that up. I'm just trying to make a point that we get into the religion of stuff, and it all becomes about us and our book and our group and, and, our, and, and what we said and what Bishop Lockjaw and Reverend, Reverend Jones and, and all of that. It becomes about our history and our, okay, chasing a rabbit. Okay, back. Reel it back in. See, in Christ, it's not a religion. He, Christ, died for our sins. We can have relationships. So it makes transformation possible for whoever would call on the name of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.17, listen to this. Therefore, if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Old things. What's the old thing? The enmity, the hostility, the part of me that fights God. When you believe on Christ, you're transformed. You're changed from the inside out. Some of us uh, are just trying to do church. Well, don't do church. You can't do church and you can't go to church, but you can become part of the actual church. Don't just do the religious thing. Let God change you. The great hope And the great promise of believing on Christ is that we're transformed into the image and the likeness of Jesus Christ. That's why John uh, uh, 1 and 12 says, but as many as received him to him, he gave the power to become the children of God who were born, not of the will of man, but of the will of the Spirit. 
And that's the same birthing, spiritual birthing that he tells Nicodemus about in in John chapter 3. You must be born again. You know, uh, I know this is a silly point, but it's funny to me, and I'm going to just throw it out there. Um, How many of you had anything to do with your birth? None of you. You, 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 you didn't have nothing to do with it. You, you didn't. That, I mean, you know, mom and daddy hooked up and, the, and then your conception happened and then you were born. <laughs> You're born. The spiritual birth is something that really happens. It happens to you. And it's something that God does. So you don't have to get saved. You got to let God save you. It's a difference, isn't it? So the transaction made transformation possible. If any man be Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, the new has come. King James says, all things become new. Watch this. You, the, the, the transaction made transformation not only possible, but it made it perpetual. That for those of us who are in Christ, you keep on changing, you keep on learning, and you keep on growing, and you keep on changing, and you keep on learning. And things that I used to do, the old preacher said, I don't do no more, been boned again. You know, the places I used to go, I don't really want to go no more. No one said, don't you go there, you're a Christian. No, no, something inside of me, the Christ inside of me didn't jive with that. Uh, my style, my, my music changed. My partners changed. My needs changed. My desires changed because the change is happening in me. For those of you who are children of God, the transaction made the transformation not only possible, but it made the transaction perpetual. The third aspect is relational. It's relational. Now, we understand that the transaction gave us peace with God, right? We understand that the transaction, when I believe on it, changed me in as an individual. So I'm in this process now of, of learning, you know, I mean, it's probably, and, and, but, but the question is, how do I really walk this out? You don't work it out as much as you walk it out. You walk it out. God has ordained that we walk out the truths of reconciliation through interpersonal relationships, starting with his church. The purpose for the body of Christ is that we walk out the truth of reconciliation, And you're going to learn it in the best school you could ever attend. And you will never graduate. It's the school of relationship. It's a challenge to you. And this is what I believe. Now, this is is where my, my deeply spiritual background comes in. I believe that God ordains for you to encounter people, certain people. Like if you're a child of God, and you have all of this hate and all this animus and all this whatever you have against people from the LBTQ community. And, if you, and, and you really, but in your heart, you really want to know how to walk in love with people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different orientations. I believe, this is just me, you don't got to buy this, but I believe that God will give you an opportunity to meet someone from whoever, whatever other side of the fence that is for you. And, t- and teach you through that relationship how to know his love and get rid of your biases. He will teach you if you're open to it. Now, God loves you so much that if you're not open to it, he won't force it on you. But whatever it is, you're going to learn. Like, you know, people got problems with black folks. Well, God going to send some black folks in your life. 
It's going to crush all your little stereotypes. Because watch this. Let me challenge you on something. If you don't know anybody black personally, you can only be operating in a stereotype. What else are you operating in but what the, what the culture has taught you about black people? What else could you be operating in? The only information you have is what the, 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 the tell lie vision tells you. Because the tell lie vision tells lies about everybody. And it gets you trying to relate to individuals as a group instead of individuals as individuals. I don't represent all black people. I represent Steve. It just happened to be black. So if you relate to Steve and I relate to you as an individual and don't let the tail eye vision indoctrinate you against others, and watch as we see through the scripture, see each other through the prism of the cross, then the hostility falls away. It has no basis to exist, right? And then you let people identify however they want. That's between them and God. I don't care how you identify. I don't identify as black. I just happen to be brown. I don't walk around carrying this, I am black man, I am a 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 black man. What is that? Isn't that obvious? <laughs> Did anybody see anything different on me other than brown? So I don't have to, I don't, okay. Rabbit, leave the rabbit alone. Back to the text. He's ordained that we learn this and we walk it out the truth of reconciliation through relationships, starting with his church. Look at the scripture. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Therefore, remember, this is Paul talking. Therefore, remember that one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, talking about Jews and Gentiles, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise having no hope and without God in the world. Now listen to this. But now, in Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself, Jesus Christ, is our peace who has made us both one. See that? He did that. See, what I love about the the true church of Jesus Christ I'm not talking about organizations and all that, is that it's the work of Christ to make us one. He did that. To fight that is to fight him. He did that. A few weeks, a few weeks from now, we're going to have some folks over to our house for Thanksgiving, right? Uh, I'm cooking all the food. I'm a pretty good cook. Make some chili that'll make you smack somebody. Good stuff. Listen, I've decided the seating, I've decided the food. All you need to come in, come in and do is sit down and eat. Who's there? Is, it's my house. Uh, see, that's good preaching stuff right there. See, it's the Lord's house, and it's the Lord's table, and it's the Lord's baptism. You're not being baptized in my name. It belongs to him. So he gets to set the agenda, and this is what he did. He made all of us one. Amen. 
So what do I need to do? Walk in it. He made both one and has done, listen, and broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressing ordinances that he might create, he might create in himself one new man. So this group, this group becomes one single person where? In Christ. One new man in place of two, so making peace, there's our word, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. He came and he preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. You know, and people say, oh, there's, all, there's a whole bunch of churches. No, there's not. There's only one church. One church. Different denominations, but one church. You know, there's not a special place in heaven for Baptists. Different place in heaven for Pentecostals. Another place in heaven for Catholics. And then, oh, wait a minute, there's a whole new place, the non-denominationals. Oh, oh their, their place is different. No, no, it's just, no, it's just one, no, 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 no. I, and I believe we're living in a day where you're watching God tear down that stuff. He's making you see the folly of your position, the folly of our thinking. I, I remember, since the election time, I go there. I remember when Obama was elected, when President Obama was elected. Oh, man, black people just went crazy, most of us. Oh, man, we've got black men off. Oh, whoa, oh boy, things don't change now, boy. we got black men off. Oh, happy days are here again. That's it. And all the all other half of the church said, oh, my God, we got a black man in office. It, it revealed the division in the body of Christ. I'm not concerned what the world does. The world's going to be the world. I'm not, right, whatever. God, the plan for the world is to meet Jesus. This message is for the church. It revealed the divisions in the church. Right? And so for some of us, and, and I, tell you when we, I tell you when we really lost it with, Mr., with President Obama. Man, when President Obama said he believed gays should be married, oh, my God, half the black church had a heart attack and died right there. They were, they were done. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, you don't know this because you're not part of the black church. Woo, you're not part of that. But I'm telling you what happened. I mean, black people, had, they had a commitment. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord Jesus. He done went off his mind. He lost his mind. So they drafted a letter. They drafted a letter in our denomination to him. And then and they, they affirmed, you know, marriage between the man and the woman, all that. And we got all up in an uproar about all that. And, and, and I remember, <laughs> I'm getting in trouble now. I remember when he was elected the second time. I came into the office, it was complete silence. It was the weirdest thing in the world. I was hey, God. My God, it's like somebody died. What happened? People were in shock. Okay, fast forward. So when, when President Trump gets into office, Oh, Lord, this ain't black people to rejoice and had a massive heart attack and died. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, keep me there. Cross, what is it going to do? Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, he's racist. They just, we just lost their mind. And it showed division. But here's the question. Uh, a black church, who you trusting? White church, who you trusting for your quality of life? Does it come from God? Does it come from God house or the White House? It don't come from the White House. 
who's ever up there. It doesn't come from Congress, who's ever there. It doesn't come from the Senate, who's ever there. You are children of God. Your quality of life and your marching orders comes from God. And when you're walking with God, you'll speak truth to both sides, and you won't worship either one. You may be, your ideology may line up with one or the other, and you will vote your conscience as well as you do. And you do that, and that's wonderful. But when it comes down to this wonderful thing called truth, you will speak truth to both of them. When that's crazy, and not, 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 we don't believe that, that's not, not and you speak to both parties the same way. You won't try to get branded truth, like there's Republican truth, and there's Democrat truth, and there's independent truth. You won't think that way. If you're thinking that way, that's maybe what these circumstances are there to do is to show you that even though the wall has been broken down, there's still walls in our heart that we need to let the Lord break down. Amen. You realize there are some, some countries that don't vote at all. What do Christians do there? You know, that makes sense? God is not God over there because they don't vote. You see, you, see, you see the frailty of your argument? It's not that those, thank God for where you are and participate the way you participate. God bless you. I love you no matter who you vote for. I'm not mad at, at, at past, uh, Pastor. I'm not mad at, at uh, President Trump. I'm not, I w- I'm not mad at Obama. I'm not mad at Pelosi. I'm not mad at McConnell. They doing what they do. They doing what they do for the people who pay them, and it ain't y'all. Okay, next point. I'm just going to throw that little jab out there and just pull it back and just keep going. Okay. Anywho, so let's look, let's look at the rest of the rabbit. Come on, come on, look at the rabbit. Sorry, little rabbit chase there. So you are no longer strangers, the word says, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. We're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. That's, that's his church. Christ Jesus is our cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together, we should be growing together into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you are also being built together. Look at the word together, 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 joined together, built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So God wants to use his church to demonstrate in real time to the world that reconciliation is possible. It's not that it's a pie in the sky and we're all coming in singing kumbaya. No, you have to talk some things out and work. I mean, I don't have time to share my testimony about how the Lord works some of these things out of my life. He brought me in relationship with people who needed him, but I had biases towards him. I'll tell you this quick story. I got 9.3 minutes, nine minutes and counting, eight, 59, 58, 57, okay. So, I grew up in a culture that we did not physically, I did not physically, nor my friends, we didn't physically gay bash, physically, but here we did, and then here we did. Even in the church, we, we would, you know, be pretty brutal with people who were part of that community. And so, I was preaching a revival, in those days they called preaching a revival, at uh, a preacher's church, some of you who if any of you know, and some of you may, a gentleman named Rance Allen, he's a gospel singer. He has a church, great, great singer. And I was running a revival at the church. And, and as I ran a revival, there's a young man who came up and, uh, and he really wanted the Lord. He was crying, I mean, weeping before the Lord, just seeking God, seeking God. And, uh, and so I ministered to him. I didn't know him from Adam, but Toledo's small. 
is not a big city. And so I got to know him and found out, you know, that he's come from that background. He's part of, the, of that community. He didn't say it that way. That's the way we're saying it now. But back there, they didn't say it that way. And I had all these issues. Now, see, I'm conflicted now, you see, because I'm used to bashing people from the pulpit, bully pulpit, abusive pulpit. I'm seeing this in my circles. All the preacher friends I know do it, right? All the jokes and all of that. But now here's a man who comes for Jesus and he comes to receive him through my ministry. Well, that was easy. All I do is say, boy, believe on Jesus and the Lord will change you. You need to be changed, boy. You need to be changed. Like that. So he tried to be changed. But what, what had happened was later we find out that he lives up the street from us. He lives less than a mile away. And my wife, Beverly, you've met my wife, Beverly. Uh, Beverly is a lover of people. She just has that. She has it on levels that I don't even relate to. She loves, she, Beverly could love people, could be, people could be like, she just saw a boy throw a rock and hit somebody, a little boy in the head, and she's going to have love. Boy, why the baby, why you throw that rock? Come here. You know, mama want better for you. I'm like, that boy need a beating. No, see, that's not her. That's not her. I want judgment. She wants love. She loves everybody. She loves people who are wrong. I'm like, yeah, I, I love you. I, I, love, I, love, I love you enough to put you in jail. So Beverly strikes this relationship, and this young man falls in spiritual, godly love with my wife. So she invites him over to the house. You see, the, you, see the, you see what God is doing, though? See what he's doing? And, and I'm like, yeah, man, how you doing? Let me stand on the porch. How you doing? Hey, Pastor, how are you? I just love you, Pastor. You know, that's, how, that's how Corey talks. Pastor, I just love you, love you. Whatever, man. Whatever. Get some bass in your voice when you talk to me, though. Long story short, time goes on. Holy Spirit keeps dealing with my heart. I, at some point, I totally ignore his orientation because that's not what the relationship is about, is it? That's not why he came to me. He's looking for God. So I do me, you know, I started getting over it, and one day, I was at the grocery store with him. And, you know, I'm shopping, and he said, I got to pick up some stuff for my grandmama. Can I ride with you, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we do. And so we're in the grocery store, and then the religious people say, Fur, A-Rev, you know, I ain't trying to say nothing, but, man, you know, you know, he the biggest sissy in Toledo, man. You can't be seen with him. People going to be thinking, you, you know, you that way. And I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't be seen with him in public. Jesus says, yeah, I shouldn't be seen eating with sinners either. Oh, Jesus ate with sinners. And the Lord says, to me, you a sinner. I'm not afraid to eat with you. You preach for me, and you a sinner. So if you can't be with him, maybe I can't be with you. And the Lord says, you need to squash that and minister to this young man and love him in the Lord. God used the relationship to get rid of those biases and crush all of that junk. He did it for me. He can do it for anybody. Does that make sense? I related to him as my brother in Christ. He's learning how to walk with God. And those other issues that may be whatever to me has nothing to do with me. That's between him and God. Amen. If I got to preach his issues, I got to preach mine. I wonder, I'm about to get a little edgy here. I got 4.3 seconds. 
wonder for you men who are so violent towards gay men, what if your pornography was put on stage? Quiet, crickets. What if we start preaching on your whatever, the way we attack them? What if God took our area and put it out there and related to us through our sin? And then you relate to other people through their, what we call their sin. That's not your job. Your job is to give them the good news of Jesus and let Jesus deal with that. And guess what? He does. He dealt with me, he'll deal with you. Y'all still listening to me? Y'all supposed to say amen or something or move some part of your body or... Okay. You see, it's relationship. And through the relationship, through his church, we build those relationships and we learn how to walk through as new people in Christ. The, the final uh, uh, aspect is it's missional. It becomes our mission. God has called and entrusted us with the message of recon- reconciliation. We are called to view and interact with others through the lens of the cross. Now watch this. 2 Corinthians 5 and 18. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. You see that? So God is not counting trespasses against people and entrusting us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors. It becomes our mission. For Christ, God making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So let me put it all together and put a little bow on it, and I'm out of here. Watch. I believe on the transaction. I am transformed. And then Christ in me begins to reconcile the things in me that are not in line with him in my thinking, in my deeds, in my attitude. How does he do it? Through the relationships that I have. So don't run from any relationship God sent you. Don't run from the hard person. Don't run from the boss. Don't just gripe. Learn. You learn how to walk in love. Tribulation works patience. You want to get some patience? <laughs> Here's some trouble. Lord, give me patience. Are you sure? Give me patience. Well, tribulation works patience. Patience, experience, experience, hope. And so through the relationship, he begins to reconcile the things in me that are out, outside of his will. And as I'm walking it out, I'm sharing that message, that's the mission, with others about this great, loving, reconciling God. That's how, that's how we walk it out. He works in us and we work it out in relationship. And you just be, begin to share with other people. I always say this, listen, don't make ministry so hard. Ministry is easy. The woman at the well <laughs> met Jesus, and uh, Jesus started talking to her. And I love this part. Jesus, you know, I always do my own version of this little interaction. Jesus meets this woman at the well, and uh, he hollered, hey, girl, how you doing? Give me something to drink. She said, how you talking to me? You know y'all don't deal with, you know y'all don't deal with us. You know you kind don't deal with our kind. That's what she was saying. And then he, then he started, hey, Everett, he really started laying that rap. 
He said, girl, if you knew who you was talking to, he would give you living water. She like, oh, stuff now, give me some of that water. <laughs> give me that, give me that. And then he said like this, where your man at? Where your man? Y- y'all, gotta, y'all gotta read your Bible. So he said, okay, he said, where's your husband? No, he said like this, where your man at? Like that. And she said, I ain't got no man. <laughs> she said, you're right, because the one you with ain't yours. She said, uh-oh, I perceived all the prophet. <laughs> You've had five husbands and the one you with ain't yours. This is what she did. She left the water pot. She forgot what she was there for. I mean, he, ever, he, he, he dropped the line so heavy, she forgot why she went to the well. She left the water pot. She ran to the city. She said, come see a man. That's, that's ministry. See, what he's doing for me, he can do for you. What he's doing in me, he can do for you. And what he's doing through me, he can do through you. He just uses ordinary, regular, messed up folk. He works his love in us. And as we're walking it out ourselves in journey, we say, hey, let me show you a better way to live. This is what works for me. And bro, I believe it can work for you. Man, you don't know where I've been. Oh, let me tell you my testimony. You wasn't even good at it. I told a young man that he trying to be this. I mean, you ain't even good at what you're trying to do. I can show you how to do that. I can show you how to do that dirt better than you do. You're not even good at it. And I can tell you from experience, it'll kill you, man. You need to get out of that. You need to get this life. See, it becomes missional. So I want to encourage you today. If you have not met Jesus Christ, if you've not received him, be reconciled to God. He's not counting trespasses against you, but he's giving you his love. He wants to give you this new life, teach you how to walk out and work out those issues. And church, church of Jesus Christ, hear me. Man, we got to get back to the book. Get back to the book. Learn the word. We got to go deeper into this word, into this truth. Amen. God bless you. And I pray this message has been a blessing for you. In Jesus' name, amen.